and 1 Timothy 6. Yes. You're worthy. Psalm 90, verses 1 and 2. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout the generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the earth and the world. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 14 through 16. I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honor and might forever. Amen. I want to talk about the sovereign God. The sovereign God. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you, Lord, that your word, when it goes forth, will not return to you void, but will accomplish all that you desire. You prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us. Thank you for what your word is going to accomplish in our lives. I pray for each heart and mind that will be open to you today. Pray for your anointing that yokes will be destroyed and burdens removed. It will be effective in communicating your word this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The sovereign God. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. In a day and a time when, the, when, founda when every foundational truth of life is being challenged, and people who seem to have a new sense of enlightenment are speaking loudly in the public arena. And in a day when people are more confused than any other time in our known history, it's important that we realize and echo the fact that there is a God who never changes. There is a God who is truth and who has given truth to us that has stood and still stands the test of time. It is this God who is sovereign. He's sovereign. And once people get to the place where we can recognize the sovereignty of God, we can begin to settle down in our lives and live fulfilled and meaningful lives that bring glory and honor to him. Now, by the time I finish this message, I hope that, that, that you will get the full gist of that statement that was just made. So it's important that you pay close attention to this message today. Because even though we will acknowledge that God is sovereign, too many things upset us. Too many things rock our, uh, uh, upset our apple carts. Too many things throw us off track. So pay attention to the message today. 
and, and, and I believe the Lord will bless you. There is an age-old struggle that people deal with today. And that struggle centers in on uh, relevancy and meaning in life, finding one's way. And secondary to that, but just as serious, uh, is the issue of dealing with truth. The question was asked centuries ago, what is truth? You know, and somebody says all truth is relative. Well, mm. my answer is that no human being can, cre can create truth. Truth is centered in God, Elohim, the creator God, El Elyon. If a person can ever get to the point that they recognize the sovereignty of God in this world and in their lives, they, they, then they'll be open to genuine truth. But you got to get to that point. Truth can only be revealed by the one who is truth. Everybody else is trying to find truth. And that truth many times is, is, is relative to certain situations or certain circumstances. But God is truth. And he's the only one who can reveal truth. Amen. Yeah. But people today want truth without God. A lot of people want truth without God. Yep. Yep. So today I, I, want, I want to share some scripture with you uh, and talk to you about the sovereignty of God. And prayerfully this message will encourage some, will strengthen others, and will help others who may be struggling with uh, these issues and may be struggling with why they need to submit to God in their lives, just willing this way. You see, believing in a God who can take who, who is in control, Hallelujah. Believing in a God who is in control in, 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 in our whatever way you want to describe your life. Work hard, barely hanging on, whatever way you want to describe your life. Believing in a God who's in control makes life much better. I'm telling you, it does. By the time I finish, you'll see. Amen. So let's talk about God. Let's have some God talking here today. Let's talk about God. If we were reading God's resume, what would it say? Well, it would say he created, well, he existed before everything else and anything else. Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning, God. Before it says he created, in the beginning, God. Psalm 92 says, before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from eternity to eternity, you are God. Before anything else was created, you are God. 1 Timothy 6 and 16 says, God is the only one who is who has immortality. So even et etern <laughs> eternality trumps finiteness 
every time. God is eternal. In the beginning, there's God. He has no beginning, and he has no, he is just God. He exists before anything else. He created all things. First John 1, I mean, John 1 and 3 says, All things were created through him, and apart from him, not anything uh, was created that has been created. Now, that's talking about Jesus, but now remember that he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So when you talk about Jesus the Christ, you're talking about God. Okay? So, so all things were created through him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. Colossians 1 and 16 says, because by him everything was created in heaven and on earth, the visible and invisible, glory to God, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Everything. He created all things. Job, Job, and some of us know Job, know about Job, know the book of Job. Job developed a little attitude with God over the difficult things that he was going through in his life and eventually began to question God. You know, people used to say Job never questioned God. But in the beginning, no, Job did say all the days of my appointed time, I'll wait until my change come. But that change didn't come fast enough. And so Job started questioning God. Well, you really need to read the 38th chapter on over in the end of Job. Y'all go back home this evening and just read that. I can only give you, unless I'm going to preach for two hours, I can only give you a little bit of it this morning. But, 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 but Job, Job, Job had a bit of an attitude with God over the difficult things he was going through in his life, only to be reminded that God knew the score of the game of life because God created the game God, glory to God, created the field, God created the ball, God created the bat, and God created every player. So God asked Job a question, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you can understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Glory to God. Or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy, where were you? God created all things. Go back and read that chapter. I tell you what, if you love the Lord, it'll stir something in you. God created all things. But not only did God create all things, God sustains all things. And this is God's resume. Everybody here knows what a resume is, maybe except the little ones, because you got a resume, right? If you've been looking for a job somewhere, eventually you, you had a, and it talks about you, all right? God sustains all things. Colossians 1 and 17 says, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Mm. Hebrews 1 and 3 adds that Jesus is the radiance of God's glory, the exact expression of his of his nature, and he sustains all things by his powerful word. So when we read the Bible, we see that the Bible tells us, amen, that his power uh, to make everything also holds everything together. 
Uh, you might say gravity is holding us on this earth. But if it were not for God, there wouldn't be gravity. And anytime God decided to move his hand, then all the gravity can go and all of us would go shooting out in space. Listen now. If I hadn't came by your house, I'm coming by in a few minutes. God sustains because God is a God for everybody, but people just don't realize it. He, 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 God is above all things. Isaiah 46, 9 and 10 says, Remember what happened long ago. For I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and no one is like me. I declare the end from the beginning, and from long ago, what is not yet done, saying, my plan will take place, and I will do all my will. My goodness. My goodness. I declare the end from the beginning and from long ago, what is not yet done, saying, my plan will take place. Tell your neighbor, God's plan will take place. Uh, tell your neighbor, you might be trying to run from God, but his plan will take place. Oh, he's sovereign. Somebody shout, he's sovereign. He says, my plan will take place, and I will do all my will. So, so God is not limited, or God is not restrained by anything. Are you hearing me? He supersedes everything, even the devil. He supersedes President Obama. He supersedes John B B B B Boner, whatever his name is. Boner, glory to God. He supersedes the Republicans, the Democrats, the Independents. God supersedes everything and everybody. Ooh, he supersedes your will. Oh, just read the Bible. You need to go read the Bible. Read Jonah. Anybody in here running from God, go read Jonah. My goodness, sometimes you're wondering why you're going through what you're going through. You might be in the belly of a whale. Maybe if you say, yes, Lord, the Lord will let the whale spit you out on the ground. Mm, my goodness. Yeah, he's above everything. He knows everything. Oh, my goodness. Psalm 134, verses 1 through 1, Lord says, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know where I sit down and when I stand up. You understand my thoughts from afar off. You observe my travel and, and, and my rest. You are aware of all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know all about it, Lord. Oh, my goodness. He knows everything. He knows everything. Uh, children, God knows those things that your parents don't know. Uh, he knows everything. He knows everything. He know, th th there's nothing hidden from his eyes. Before you can get the word out of your mouth, God already knows the thought that you are thinking. My goodness, before you get down the road today, God already knows what the end of this thing is going to be. Oh, bless the name of your brother. Mind of God knew that that accident was going to happen yesterday. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Now, now, now listen, y'all. Y'all got to hear this. Y'all really got to hear this because if you say you trust God and then when trouble comes in your life, you just throw, you just lose it all, you're not really trusting God. Listen today. God knows everything. He knows everything. He knows everything. His knowledge as described in Scripture is, 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 uh, is, is, is exhaustive. It is thorough. It covers the details down to the smallest possible level. So God can even, God even knows how many strands of hair you have on your head. He knows. If anybody is bald, he knows what you used to have on your head. He knows, somebody shout, he knows everything. Hallelujah. And God can do whatever he pleases. He can do whatever he pleases. Psalm 135 and 6 says, The Lord does whatever he pleases in heaven and on earth, in the sea and all the depths. Jeremiah 3 and 32 and 27 says, Look, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too difficult for me? God can do all things. Ah, he can do whatever he pleases. Who can stand against the hand of God? God, God, the Lord knocked Paul down off his beast and asked him, Paul, why do you kick against the prick? And then somebody came along and wrote a, a, a play that says, your arms are too short to box with God. Ah, my goodness. Hallelujah. Yeah, God can do whatever he pleases. I'm going to come back to that one in a little while. God orchestrates everything. God orchestrates everything. Somebody say, God orchestrates everything. Now say everything. everything. Say it again. Everything. Say it again. Everything. God orchestrates everything. Isaiah 14 and 24 says, The Lord of hosts has sworn, as I have planned, so it will be. As I have purposed, so it will happen. Ephesians 1 and 11 reminds us, that God works out everything in agreement with the decision of his will. Mm. Lord, have mercy. Now, now, I know your mind is already turning about some things that, that, that hadn't been so good in your life. That's why I told you to pay attention to this message. Yeah, he orchestrates all things, all things, all things. Somebody say all things. Yeah, even that. Mm, he's in control. Yeah, 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 yeah. He rules over all things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, some of you all read about Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, we read about Nebuchadnezzar, one of the pow most powerful men on earth at that time. He was, he was king of Babylon. And, 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 and one day, Nebuchadnezzar decided he would challenge God, in essence, but when God got finished with him, somebody say when God got finished with him. <laughs> Don't let God have to get finished with you. <laughs> when God got finished with him, because you know what happened to Nebuchadnezzar, he got a prophecy that you're going to be driven from among men and you're going to eat cow, you're going to eat grass like the, like, like the cows and the dew of the morning is going to fall on your head. And that's exactly what happened to Nebuchadnezzar. And when God got finished with Nebuchadnezzar, this is what Nebuchadnezzar said. He said, 
Hallelujah. He looked up to heaven. He said, and my res at, at the end of those days, I looked up to heaven, and my sanity returned to me. For his dominion is an everlasting. I better back up because some folks' sanity need to return to them. My goodness. Some people's sanity, some people have just lost their minds. Yeah, they, they've lost their minds. They don't realize it, but they have lost their minds. Oh, my goodness. He said, for his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are counted as nothing, and he does what he wants with the army of heaven and the inhabitants of earth. Of earth. There is no one who can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? He rules over everything. He rules over everything. So there's nobody who can say to him, who can hold back his hand, or say to him, what have you done, God? And Nebuchadnezzar realized how, how erroneous he was to try to challenge God. Uh, God is, is, is stirring some faith in somebody today. He rules over everything. He is in control of all things. Shout all things again. He is in control of all things. He controlled the choices of the world leaders. Ah, oh. Proverbs 21 and 1 says, A king's heart is a water channel in the Lord's hands. He directs it wherever he chooses. Oh, my goodness. You got to stop seeing things with your natural eye. Part of our problem is we are always judging by what we see with our natural eye and not judging by what God has said in his word, okay? He controls the course of human events. Psalm 33, 9 through 11 says, For he spoke, and it came into being. He commanded, and it came into existence. The Lord frustrates the counsel of nations. He thwarts the plans of people. The counsel of the Lord stands forever, and the plans of his heart from generation to generation. Hallelujah. He controls the course of human events. He controls calamity. Mm. Oh, my goodness. God was in control when that plane went down the other day, and those people died in that water. God was still in control. When things seem out of control, I remember the vision of God that Isaiah had in the throne room in the year that King Isaiah died. He said, I saw the Lord. High and lifted up, sitting on the throne. God is still in control. Somebody say he's still in control. Yeah, over all things. I don't care how bad it looks. God is still in control. Yeah, he controls calamity. Amos 3 and 6 says, if a disaster occurs in a, in a, in a city, hasn't the Lord done it? You know, you know, sometimes we discount older people. Uh, and the way we were raised, but they had a whole lot of good sense. Because old people would tell us when it was lightning and thundering, go sit down somewhere, God is working. And you very seldom heard of people getting struck with lightning. But now people just, you know, they're out on the golf course, the weatherman got to tell them, find some cover. Folk out in the water on a boat fishing, and if a storm comes up and they're still out there rowing the boat, it don't take a whole lot of 
uh, degrees to know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The psalmist is awed by this. Amen. And, 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 and he says, uh, uh, he says, he makes the winds his messengers, flames of fire his servants. He unleashes his wind and the waters to flow, lightning and hail, snow and cloud, powerful wind and execute his commands. Glory to God. And then Isaac Watts wrote, there's not a plant or flower below, but makes your glories known. And clouds arise and tempests blow by order of your throne. God is in control of all things. He controls our circumstances. Yeah, 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 yeah. James chapter 4, we need to learn this. I, I thank God I, I, I learned this when I was a little child. Uh, James chapter 4, verses 13 to 15 says, Come now, you say, tomorrow, today or tomorrow, we'll travel and we'll do such and such a thing and we'll go to such and such a city. We'll spend a year there and we'll do business and we'll make profit. Doesn't that sound like us? Come on, y'all, let's, let's plan to go to the mountains. Yeah, let's plan to go on a shopping spree. Let's plan to get together. Let's do this. Let's do that. We will, we will benefit by doing this. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But the Bible says you don't even know what tomorrow will bring, what your life will be. For you are a bit of smoke that appears for a little while and then vanishes. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wills, <laughs> hallelujah, if the Lord wills, we will live and we will do this or we will do that. Do you get the picture? When, you, when we say that God is sovereign, we're saying that he is unrivaled in majesty. He is unlimited in power. He is unlimited in knowledge. He is unaffected by anything that's outside of himself. Hallelujah. He's outside of time, glory to God, and completely free to do whatever he wills to do. Anywhere. Anytime. Glory to God. In every single detail, without any interference. That's God. That's the sovereign God. He reigns. He reigns. He reigns. This is what we mean when we say God is sovereign. Now, 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 now let that stew on the stove of your mind for a few minutes. Let it stew on the stove of your mind just for a few minutes. Because think about this. When somebody you love deeply is lying on a hospital bed and you don't know what's going to happen, God is in control. Are you hearing me? When stuff goes wrong in your house and you do everything you know to fix it, God is still in control. When that person that meant the most to you in your life dies and you wonder what are you going to do, God is still in control. Oh my goodness. When you're lonely and you're waiting on, sitting by the bed, waiting on a phone call, glory to God, and waiting on the phone to ring and wonder if anybody's going to ever connect with you. God is still in control. 
He's still in control. He's still in control. Nothing, somebody shouting nothing. Nothing will enter your life that God does not either decree or permit. Pretty much. That's it. Nothing, somebody say nothing, will enter your life that God does not either permit or allow or decree. Nothing. I don't care how bad it is. Nothing. He's in control. This is the God who sustains every atom of the universe. This is the God that raises up nations and brings down nations. This is the God who remains unstoppable in accomplishing all that he pro pro proposes in life. This God is King of Kings. This God is Lord of Lords. And this God loves you. This God cares about what you're going through in your life. This God knows and cares about the questions that you have about life. This God has a plan for your life that's better than anything you can come up with. This God reigns supreme and reigns alone. He wants you to seek him. Oh, yes, he does. He wants you to rely on him. He wants you to wait on him. He wants you to walk with him. Hallelujah. If you doubt that, glory to God, if the evidence of your experience is arguing with the reality of what I'm describing to you, I want you, glory to God, to consider just a couple of God's credentials. I ain't done yet. Because some of you, you say, say that again. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If the evidence of your experience is arguing with the reality of what I am describing to you, take a few moments and listen to me talk about God's credentials. You've heard his resume. Now you need to see his credentials. Because you're not going to go to a doctor who has not graduated from medical school. If you do, you're a fool. How many of you go in the doctor's office or somewhere and you look up to see what his credentials are? You need an obstetrician, you're not going to a, a, a psychiatrist. You're going to go to the right one that is credentialed to do what needs to be done. So, so, so you know, what, what happens with a lot of people is that there are arguments that go on in their minds. And especially, you know, sometimes children, when they come to church and they've been raised by their parents, they brought to church, they've been taught the Bible, you know, and they believe. But then they go off to college and then they, they meet other people who don't believe or even in their own minds because the devil fights his battles in our minds, you know, and you're taking psychology and philosophy and all of these courses and, you know, your, your mind is being trained to think in a certain way. Then you start, these, these arguments start in your mind. You're not crazy. You know, you, you're not delusional. This, this just, it's just the way things happen. 
you begin to question God. And you don't have to go off to college to do it. The older you get, you just begin to question. All right? So, so what God is trying to help us as we start 2015, God is trying to help us settle down. Because once you settle down in the sovereignty, then things are going to go much better in your life. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, 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 so we, we read God's resume. Now we need to look at how credentialed he is. Is, is he qualified? Is he qualified to be this God that is sovereign? Oh, Lord, have mercy. Well, well, well I, I wasn't going to preach all of this this morning, but I'm, I'm going to preach it all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Consider God's promises. Consider God's astonishing promises. Now, now know that he's over everything. I, I can't repeat all of it without looking at it. He's, he's, he's in control of every situation. Uh, you know, uh, all of that that I just finished preaching. You took notes. All right. Consider God's astonishing promises. Anybody can make promises. We all make promises. Not everybody can keep promises. As a matter of fact, people make promises every day. And many times they break the promises. But God's promises, as comprehensive as they are, as great as they are, can only be kept if he is who he says he is. Think about it. Think about it. Think about Romans chapter 8, verse 28. We know the verse. All things. Or he actually, Paul says, we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God. Now, we just said God is over all things. Now, now the Bible is saying, we know. Somebody said, I know. It might be head knowledge right now, but after a while, it's going to be experiential knowledge. Keep on living. Keep on coming to church. Keep on sitting under the word because some stuff going to come up in your life. All things work together for the good to those who are called according to his purposes. So what God is guaranteeing is that he can take all the events all the situations, all the judges, all the people, the lawyers, the doctors, whatever, medicine, prayer, relationships, every factor related to whatever difficult situation you're in. And God can create an outcome that brings about good. Not only for you, but simultaneously and the lives of every person touching those circumstances. God says, I can do that. Some of y'all don't believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, 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 there are some complex and over, overlapping issues behind making that promise come to pass. But God, I know y'all got to listen to me close right now. He can never stand behind that promise unless he knew everything. I just told you he knows everything. So in order for all things to work together for good to those who love the Lord, God has to know 
He can never stand behind that promise unless he has supernatural power. He can never stand behind that promise unless he created everyone. Unless he could direct the hearts of people so that they willingly choose a certain course of action. He could never stand behind that promise unless, glory to God, he could dictate what happens down to the minutest level. God knows all things. Let me take you back a few, a, few months, a few years. I was in Malawi. And when the group that was with me left, I lost my cell phone. Y'all remember me telling you that? I didn't know what could have happened to my cell phone. So I called back to the States and I asked Junior, I said, Junior, did you have, have mistakenly take my cell phone home with you? He said, no, I didn't take my phone. So I went to bed that night. I searched the room. I turned the room all upside down. Couldn't, I didn't turn it all upside down, but I searched everywhere. And so I went to bed that night. You know, after about 1 o'clock in the morning, you know, I'm like this. Well, you know, the phone is gone, so let me stop looking. Maybe it'll turn up. 3 o'clock in the morning, the Holy Ghost woke me up and said, look under the mattress. I am not lying. The Holy Ghost said, look under the mattress. What I did was I got out of the bed 3 o'clock in the morning and I lifted the mattress and I didn't see anything. The Holy Ghost said, no, look under the mattress. And when I pulled the mattress up, my phone was lying in the middle of the bed. God had to know everything. Let me tell you something. There is nothing that goes on in your life that God does not know about. Down to the minutest detail. And because he's God, he says, all things work together. Oh, I feel like running right now, but I got to preach. All things work together for good. Ooh, hallelujah, hallelujah. You can't work all things together for good unless you are the sovereign king of the universe. But God makes that promise, and God backs up that promise with his name, with his nature, with the essence of who he is. If you got something going on in your life that is adverse, you better sit back now, and you better start put, taking off that garment of heaviness and put on that garment of praise. Glory to God! Ah, if you ain't never praised him before, you ought to start praising him now. If you never shouted before, you ought to shout now. If you never cried out to God before, you ought to cry out now. Because all things. Ooh. Lord have mercy. Ooh. Ah, Lord God Almighty. Oh, Lord God Almighty. He's the almighty God. Hallelujah. Well, let, let's go a little bit further. Let's go a little bit further. We don't want to just, just consider his promises, but, but, but think about how he tailors temptation. I did say how he tailors temptation. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 tells us that temptation is tempered by God's own hand before it ever, it ever touches us. Think about this now. Listen. Because all of us have been tempted. And many times we fall into sin. 
all right? But God knows about the temptation before it ever gets to us. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to humanity. But God is faithful, and he will, he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, will provide a way of escape. Lord, have mercy. So that you will be able to bear it. Now, first of all, you got to want to escape. But God has provided a way of escape so that you shall be able to bear it. God reveals a sovereign promise and he reveals a saving plan. That is that he limits the power of temptation and provides a way of escape. So what does that mean? It means that no sin is irresistible. Every temptation we face can be overcome. No sin, I don't care what it is, is irresistible. And every temptation we face can be overcome. That's why I said you got to want the way of escape. See, some people don't want to escape. Yeah. Now, 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 now think about what has to take place behind the scenes before, during, and after temptation for God to make this happen. He's got to be involved on every level. He has to know fully the strength of your spiritual life and the, uh, and the attraction of the temptation. Because if there is no attraction, you're not going to be drawn to the temptation. Think about it now. Every sin you commit, there's an attraction for it. All right? Well, we're born in sin. We're shaped in iniquity. You might be attracted to one thing, somebody else is attracted to That's why some of y'all like Sprite and some of y'all like Coke because you're attracted to different things. But there's an attraction. There's an attraction. And he, not only must he know fully the strength, our spiritual strength, uh, the strength of our spiritual life, not only must he know the attraction uh, of the temptation that that temptation uniquely has on each individual, but he also has to keep Satan on a leash. Yep. What does Satan come to do? Why are you not dead? Because God got Satan on a leash. God got Satan on a leash. What did God say to Satan when he dealt with Job? Take everything you have, but you, just, you, can't take, you can't take his life. You can't take his life. The devil came to, to kill you. You thought it was pleasure, but the devil intended to kill you, and God kept the devil on a leash. And you're still here, but the devil intends to take you out, and he is not done yet. But God has him on a leash. Oh, oh, Lord, have mercy. Ah, yeah, yeah. So he must temper temptation's power. And he must bear witness. Listen now. I, God, I thank you. He must bear witness to a superior satisfaction that the tempting offer. Uh, he must bear witness to a, a superior satisfaction than the tempting offers. 
So what God bears witness to is there's something better. There's something better than this. Yeah, yeah. God, you, God, you didn't create me for this. You didn't create me to live like this. I got a glimpse of your glory. I got a glimpse of what I could be. I got a glimpse of where I'm going. You didn't create me for this. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. He, God bears witness that there's something better, that there's something greater, that there's something more superior than the temptation. Only a sovereign God could do this. Only a sovereign God could do this. But that's our king. Hallelujah, that's our king. Uh, I could go on and on, but I, I know it's getting late. I, I need to go, I need to move. But you need to read the Bible sometime. If you read the Bible, it'll help you out. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Uh, yeah, he is, he, he is, he is, he is all benevolent, all powerful, all-knowing all, all God. He does love us all, and he does do good to us all. He is our wonderful counselor. He is our prince of peace. He is our everlasting father. I tell you, nothing is more comforting. Nothing is more stabilizing. Nothing, glory to God, gives you more hope than believing in a God who has the whole world in his hands. Whew. Lord have mercy. Let me go a little bit further. So what, 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 what difference, what, what difference does God's sovereignty make in my life? It gives me courage to face my days. Lord God, it gives me courage to face my days. The Bible says thus fear not, over and over again. You read in the Bible, God, God or his angels tell us fear not. But what is the basis of our fearlessness? What is the basis of fearing not? Jesus gave us the answer in chapter 10 of Matthew, verse 31. He says, aren't two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your heavenly father's consent. Without his, not just his knowing, but his consent. His consent. I hope y'all catching this. Not one of them falls to the ground. But even the hairs on your head have all been counted. Don't be afraid, therefore. You are worth more than many sparrows. There are innumerable events and circumstances in our lives, saints, that are beyond our control. Are you hearing me? Sometimes it's difficult not to fear. It is. It is. Sometimes stuff happens. Fear is the first thing that rises up in us, even though we know God has not given us a spirit of fear. Fear and worry haunt us. We can be confessing the word, confessing our healing, confessing our deliverance, but in the back of our minds, what if? Mm. So fears can haunt us. Fear, fear, fear can arrest us. Fear can even paralyze us. But I'll tell you what, if God is not in control, then I ought to be afraid. <laughs> if I think this universe runs by luck or chance, that's why I don't let people tell me good luck. Don't tell me good luck. 
Do not say good luck to me because I don't live on luck. No, 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 no. I don't live by chance. I live by the blessings of God. I cast luck out of my vocabulary a long time ago. You'll never hear me say good luck to you. I might say the Lord bless you, but I never. I don't live by luck. I live by faith in God. Hallelujah. So, 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 so if I think that this universe runs uh, by luck or chance, I ought to worry. You see everything that's going on around us in our society. We see that the, that the laws have changed and men can, men can marry men, women can marry women, and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And our young people, you know, they're getting caught up in homosexuality. Like, you know, it's just a thing that they ought to do. And then we're worrying about what's happening. But let me tell you something. You ought to worry if this world is being operated by chance. But when I see that he is there in the details. When I know that he is sovereign, that he controls everything, that he is directing paths and ruling them for my good, I'm strengthened and I'm given courage to obey him more. All I got to do is wait on him. They that wait on the Lord. It might look bad right now, Elder, but I keep waiting on God. It might look like all hope is lost right now, but I, I, I keep all hope in God. Hallelujah. I sit down and cross my leg, and I say, Lord, I'm waiting on you. Hallelujah. And I get up and I pace the floor, and I don't pace the floor crying. I pace the floor saying, thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. God, you got this thing. God, you're working it out. For your glory and for my good, I bless your name, Father. I, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I may start out feeling down, but the more I walk and the more I praise him and the more I give him glory, the better I feel. Hallelujah. Because my life will not be controlled by my circumstances. My life is in God's control. How could Daniel risk his life? By refusing to obey King Darius's decree. How could he risk his life and not stop praying to God? I mean, all he had to do was stop praying. But how could he risk his life? He did it because he knew that God was sovereign. Oh, Lord have mercy. He knew that the sovereign God was in control. How could the Hebrew boys, I mean, all they had to do was when they heard the music, all they had to do was fall down. I mean, they could have just fell down and just murmured something. Just the fact that they were on their knees. But they said, we're not going to fall. We're not going to bow because we serve the sovereign God. He's in control. Hallelujah. He is able to deliver us out of your hand. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. Oh, God, help us today. Help us today. Uh, not only that, I'm almost done, y'all. Let me slow down. Oh, Lord God, I, I just, I thank God for the word today. Ooh, yeah. There's confirmation in my spirit about some things. 
I'm almost done, y'all. Just bear with me. I'm, I'm just going to preach until I finish. If you got something else to do, just, just send a text and tell them to wait a minute. We ain't done yet. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Knowing that God is sovereign helps me give thanks in the midst of my adversity. That's what I just finished saying. First Peter, listen to this now. You know, that's why you got to know the word. First Peter chapter 4, verses 12 to 13 said, Dear friends, and most of us know the King James. It says, Think it not strange, the fiery trial that is about to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. Oh, Lord, have mercy. What you're going through, somebody else been through it. A whole lot of other people been through it. Lord, have mercy. Uh, he says, so, so don't think it's strange. Don't be surprised by it. It's as if something unusual was happening to you. Instead, as you share in the sufferings of the Messiah, rejoice. As you share in the sufferings, our problem is we don't want to suffer. As you share in the suffering of the Messiah, do what? Rejoice. Are y'all listening? As you share in the suffering of the Messiah, do what? So that you may also rejoice with great joy at the revelation of his glory. Now I know that it's talking about when Jesus comes back again. But I also know that on this side in our situations and our circumstances, if we trust God, his glory is going to be revealed. And when his glory is revealed, we can rejoice. Rejoicing when you're in trouble makes no sense at all. It doesn't. Putting on the garment of praise is so hot in here, I want to take off this robe. Putting on, putting on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness makes no sense at all. Unless huh, you believe that the sovereign God has decreed or has permitted your trouble. There is no such thing as pain without purpose. For the child of God. For the child of God. There is no such thing as pain without purpose. Lord have mercy. God doesn't waste his time. And God will not waste your time. If he allows something. Or if he sends something. He has a purpose behind it. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. I think that's a good place to praise. Amen. Uh, it's a good place to praise God because you're sitting back wondering why. You're sitting back wondering how, God, why you let this thing happen. Why? But now you know that there is no pain without purpose. Something good is going to come out because God, I'm talking about for the believer, y'all. I'm not talking about for the non-believer. If I was preaching to heathens, I would understand that they don't understand what I'm talking about. But I am talking to believers. Ooh. Ooh. Ah. He holds you and he holds your sorrows. Ah, He holds you and he holds your troubles. He holds you and he holds your sicknesses in his mighty hands. And he is working in them a more eternal weight of glory. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. Yeah, so, 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 so giving thanks, uh, knowing that God is sovereign helps me give thanks in the midst of my adversity. It helps me humble myself in my planning. I humble myself under the mighty hand of God that he might exalt, that he might exalt me in his own time. 
It's only if the Lord wills that we can do even the most mundane things in life. So I'm not going to worry. I'm just going to humble myself. Lord, this did not catch you by surprise. Ah, so I humble myself. Lord, you know my end from my beginning. So I humble myself. Hallelujah. I know your word. I'm going to confess your word. And I'm going to stand on your word as I humble myself. I'm not going to make any plans without consulting you. I'm going to humble myself. And as I do that, it deepens my confidence in God. Hallelujah. Lamentations 3 and 37 says, Who is there who speaks and it happens unless the Lord has ordained it? If no plan of God's can be stopped by any human action, yours or mine or even the devil's, hallelujah. If he rides on every storm, ah, glory to God. I used to hear my grandmama say he plants his footsteps on the storm and he rides upon the sea. If God rides upon every storm, you got a storm in your life, God is riding on the storm. God's had, God has that storm by his reins. Glory to God. He, somebody shout, he's riding on the storm. He directs everything for his purpose and for my good. Then he is worthy to be trusted. With every fiber of my being, the Lord is worthy to be trusted because he is the sovereign God. I was reminded of Dal Coley's song that says the Lord my God is sovereign. He can do whatever he wants to. He can do it whenever he wants to. How he wants to. Hallelujah. Because he is sovereign. Who am I to question his wisdom? I am nothing. Who am I to question God's judgment? Who am I, yeah, to be offended by his ways, by what he allows to be? I must realize that my God is sovereign. He's in control of every situation. He's in control of every circumstance. Hallelujah. And if I trust him, he'll work it out to his glory. And to my good. Hallelujah. He's a sovereign God. He is a sovereign God. He is a sovereign God. He is a sovereign God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If I know he's sovereign, then I'm going to trust him for the answers to my questions. I'm going to trust him for the direction of my life. Regardless of what all of the other voices are saying, I want to hear what God has to say. I want to be led by the Spirit of God. Because he's sovereign. He created this world and everything that's in it. He created it. Every resource in this world that any company is built from and based on, God created it. So why am I going to trust the owner of the company? Let me trust the God of the owner of the company. Or the God of the universe. Or the God of the owner of the company might be the devil. So let me trust the God of the universe. Let me trust the God who created everything, you know. Let me trust him. Young people, those of you who are in college, you, you, you're looking forward to a future, and you're trying to make plans. And, 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 and right now, you know, you, you're young, and, and you've not been out in the world enough, and you're going to meet a whole lot of people that tells you you need this and you need that and you need this connection and you need that connection to go here and go there. Let me tell you something. You need God. He is the one who is sovereign. He is the one who is sovereign. 
Here's the one who rules, who reigns. Here's the one who directs men's hearts. Here's the one. He can give you favor. Oh, yes. He'll order your steps. Mm. Oh, yes. You may start out on the bottom of the totem pole, but if you trust God, he'll raise you up. Oh, yeah. You might meet people that they start working against you, but if you trust God, he'll fight your battles. Yes, he will. He'll make a way out of no way. Ooh, Lord have mercy. He's sovereign. He can do it. He's God. Trouble will come in your life, but you got to know God is sovereign. He either had to permit it or had to decree it. Either way, he's in control. You may not know the answer right now. You may not even get to the answer. Until you're, until you're able to see through a glass clearly, which means you may not even get the answer until you get on the other side. By the time you get there, you won't want the answer. You, you, thank you. By the time you get there, it won't matter. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Because sometimes we sit down and we rack our brains. Why, why, why? Even in our own lives, we racked our brains. We beat ourselves up. Why did I do this? You know, why, why, why? Now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now we know in part, but then we shall be known even as we are known. So this is the sovereign God that we serve. As we start out in this new dimension, it is important that our focus is on the sovereignty of God. There is nothing that can happen in your life, nothing, nothing that God does not either allow or does not decree. And if either one he does, he's doing it for his glory and for your good and any other believer that is going to be touched by that situation, good is going to come out of it. I kind of feel like I ought to review some of these points right now, but I ain't going to do it. But uh, you ought to get this message and listen to it. Because you need, to, you need to deal with the fact that there's some behind the things, behind the scene things that must take place for God to be God, for us to know that we can trust him. And this is what philosophy is all about, if, then. You know, so if you... You, if you're such a great philosopher now, then God is trying to show you that. Well, now, think about this. If these situations are in place and I can do this, then I must be God. I must be the one you can trust. I must be the one you can depend on because nobody else can do what I can do. Nobody else knows what I know. Nobody. The sovereign God. The sovereign God. This morning. Whew. Jesus. Let's stand.